Welcome, writers, readers, and friends to the Authors Talking Bookish podcast. I'm Donna Norman Carbone, author of All That is Sacred. And I'm Hope Gibbs, author of Where the Grass Grows Blue. We're two debut writers traditionally published by a small publishing house, bringing to you all the experiences that we as authors learn the hard way, so you don't have to. We'll give you insights from the inception of a book idea to publication and beyond. And along the way, we'll share our love of books from the writer's perspective. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Authors Talking Bookish for episode 16. Today, we are bringing to you an episode about character development, how to make your characters jump off the page. I am Donna Carbone, and I am joined by Hope Gibbs. How are you, Hope? I'm great. How are you, Donna? I am doing well, doing well. How are you weathering the winter? Well, as you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a massive, in our in our area, snowstorm. We had about eight and a half, nine inches, and it stayed on the ground for eight days, and that never happens. In Tennessee, we mm-hmm. may get a dusting or a couple of inches. Um, But it just would not go away. And my daughter, her birthday was the day that it snowed. And I had all these kids who got stuck at my house. And all I did was cook and clean for about 48 hours. But uh, trying to, uh, it's weird when I have worse weather in Tennessee than you do in Connecticut. I know that must have been exciting, though, because you never get snow like that. Oh, it was so exciting. Um, But, and luckily I live very close to a main road that gets cleared, even though it wasn't cleared, but I had (laughs) to get up and go to the grocery store because down here, if there's snow in the forecast, you got to go get milk and bread for some reason. Uh, And I had enough for my family, but then I was like, I got all these kids here, so I got to figure something out. So it was a lot of fun. (laughs) I don't even think we've had a total of nine inches of snow here. So you definitely are ahead of the curve. That's that is crazy, but I, I did get a lot of books in, a lot of binge, uh, you know, binge watching TV. And so, what about you? Do, have you got a good book that you've been reading? Because I know it's still cold up there. Yeah, I am reading Wayward Girls by um, Claire Maturo and Penny Copsell, um, and I'm loving it. It's about an all girls school, and um, one of the things that I love about it is it reminds me of the book that I just finished my line edits for of Lies and Honey. Because there is a wayward, a, a school for wayward girls in that as well. Um, very different story, but I'm enjoying the story. And it takes place now, and then it flashes back to then when when the girls were in the school, and something happens to um, sever a friendship between two girls that were very close when they were at the school. I still don't know what that is, but I'm eager to find out. How about you? Well, um, I read, I just finished a lot of books. I just had a bookish road trip or something better. Love, love, love that book. Uh, but right now, this is the book that I am reading. It's called The Magic All Around by Jennifer Mormon. And it's got a little bit of, you know, Southern in it, a little magic realism, which are right up my alley. And um, it's just, and look at this cover. The cover yeah. is absolutely stunning with that hummingbird. So that yeah, is what I am digging into. Um, but I also... Uh, because of the snow, I also, because I was at home, couldn't really go anywhere. I watched tons of TV. I watched uh, Beef, which is on Netflix, which is a great, it, it was a, it's a mini series, really. It's just a one season. And then I started watching The Bear. 
Um, and it takes place in a restaurant and I, it won all kinds of awards. It won the Emmy and um, it's a fascinating show. So I don't yeah, know. Have you watched, have you that watched show. one of those? Yeah. Yeah. I loved that show. My son is actually a chef in New York city and he says that that is the most realistic representation of chef's life um, that he has seen. So, yeah. And I will say there's such interesting characters. I, mm. that, I, you know, the writing is, is wonderful about the character development. I mean, and as you mm. said, your son said it was the most realistic, you know, insight into what it's like for restaurants. And it's funny that we're talking about that because today's episode mm. is all about character development. I mean, you don't have a story without the characters. And it's it's basically the the first step of writing any story is to develop character. So Donna, can you give us kind of the definition of what character development is? Yeah. So character development um, is everything that makes up a character. It is physical description, behavior description, um, their moral compass, their background, everything that makes them who they are. It makes um, us love them or it makes us hate them. And so we're going to dive into um, how to tackle character development um, on many different levels. And we're going to start by talking about our own characters from our books and how those came to be. So you want to start, Hope, with uh, Penny? How did you create Penny? So Penny from Where the Grass Grows Blue, um, as I've told you, I didn't set out originally to write a book. I was journaling, but didn't like that. And um, I started creating this outline of this character, little traits and, you know, basic things. You know, how old is she? When was she born? Um, you know, what does she physically look like? Just to, to kind of get my mind around that. But then I started creating a detailed backstory. I wrote her entire history. Um, you know, I had family trees. I knew where she graduated from college. I, I mean, I had every everything that, you know, would encompass her life. Um, mm -hmm. But then I went in deeper and I would start writing traits and character flaws and character strengths. You know, what, what made this woman tick? And I probably wrote a, between 30 and 50 pages of mm -hmm. nothing other than her backstory. And obviously those 30 and 50, you know, 30 to 50 pages did not end up in my story but it did. And it was wonderful because I knew her so well on the front end when I was writing, I knew her motivations. I knew why she was running from this situation or why she said these words. And it's because I built such a long backstory. I'm not saying that that's necessary to do 30 to 50 pages, but it really helped me as a writer to get to know this person. And, and what about you? Because I have one main character and her you know, love interest, but you had five women that were equally the main characters of this book. Yeah, I did. I started with five characters um, because I kind of wanted to do an ensemble cast. I really, I think I had just seen Big Little Lies and read the book. I think I saw the um, adaptation first and read the book. Um, and I was kind of thinking along those lines, but um, I work on Scrivener. And so on Scrivener, it actually has character folders and um, outlines for characters that you can use. Um, and so I, I just, just like you, I do a very detailed backstory of my characters. Um, 
I usually start out with their names. I look up on Google what my visual image of them might look like. And I take a screenshot of the picture and put it into my file. And I can't tell you how many times I revisit that picture throughout the writing of the book. Um, and in addition, in All That Is Sacred, I have adult characters, but I also have their teenage versions of themselves too. So I had a lot to keep track of. And I think that creating a file or, you know, like you said, just kind of uh, uh, its own document of the character backstory is really important. And it's important for continuity down the road too, when you're writing um, some of the, some of the decisions that you make for the writer early on that you didn't think were going to end up in the book. Sometimes they do. And it's good to have all of that written down so you can go back to it um, for continuity's sake. Yeah. And I like how you talked about just the naming of the character. I mean, that's important because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're writing a book set, you know, in 200 years ago, you're not going to name your main character, Jennifer. Now, if she was born in the seventies or eighties, absolutely. Um, But there has to be thought just in as simple as what's in a name. Yeah. Yeah. I consult um, baby name websites and I also have baby name books that I use. Um, when I was doing my second book, which is set in the South and I'm not from the South, I visited there on a few occasions. Um, and I was also writing during the 1960s. So my next book is a bit of a historical, you know, jump. Um, I needed to find Southern names from the 1960s and I had no idea. So I looked them up online and there were a host of names that I'd never heard of before. Like we don't use certain names in the Northeast that you guys use in the South and vice versa. So it's really important that you not only consider the time period, that you consider the locale where they're from. Um, something else I consider you talked about having a birth date for your characters. Um, I look up their astrological signs because I want to make sure that they're born um, in a time period where, that reflects the personalities for certain signs. And then you have to start getting into a little bit deeper, not just the, you know, they have blue eyes, they have brown eyes. Then you have to start asking about their morals. Like what is their moral compass? What, the, what, what are some things that drive them? And you also kind of want to have to recognize that ghost, that thing in their past that mm-hmm. makes them who they are now to propel them throughout the story. Um, so what else, what other things do you put into developing your character that way? Yeah, I think, you know, I have a list, um, which actually we're going to share with all of you. We do have a free download um, for a character bio, but there are a lot of things in there, um, you know, paralyzing experiences. What are some experiences that, you know, have kept your character in that moment in their past that have helped shape them that keeps recurring over and over because they really haven't healed from those and also crystallizing experiences, experiences that were good, that helped propel them forward. We need to know all of those things in order to really understand our characters and, you know, to rightly make choices for them. Yeah. And let's talk about falling into the trap of you've created this character Obviously, if you're the writer, you've, you're spending a lot of time with this character also, you know, in your mind. But I know from my experience, my first draft with my main character, Penny Crenshaw, 
when I reread it, I realized I had made her too perfect. Now you mm -hmm. want your, your main character to be likable, but you have to make them relatable and no one is perfect in life. And no one wants to read a character that's too perfect. So how do you, how do you recognize that? How do you not fall into that trap of creating this, you know, this, you know, untouchable character? Yeah, I well, I think that's the beauty of editing and also working with critique partners. Um, I think, you know, once you get your story down on paper, right, and then you, I, I always suggest to walk away from it for maybe six weeks before you come back and read it. You read it with fresh eyes. And so you start to see some of those things and start to notice, oh, did I make this character a little too perfect? Or did I make this character a little too villainous? You have to make a character believable. So they're going to have flawed characteristics and characteristics that we're going to connect to and applaud. Yeah. And I like how you talked about villains because, mm -hmm. you know, in my book, I have two what you would call antagonist. It's Penny's ex-husband and her childhood bully. Um, and on first round of writing them, I made them completely one dimensional. All they were there for was to, you know, basically punish Penny. And I realized they weren't human. And so within my second and third and fourth go around with my book, I softened them. I definitely softened Emily Johnston in the end. She's her, her antagonist. And with in the beginning of my story, Penny, um, her husband leaves her for a younger woman and mm -hmm. he's packing his bags. Um, I realized I had made him just completely unlikable. So I changed something and I added his dialogue. And he said, you know, I may have been the cheater here, Penny, but at least I gave you my heart for a few years. I don't think you can say the same. And mm -hmm. so that way I kind of also put it a little bit onto Penny where she's not just this victim where the reader might be like, well, I wonder why he said that. And it does come up later in the story. Yeah. It's what gives the character depth which is what we're looking for, right? Yeah, absolutely. When I wrote um, All That Is Sacred, I had my five characters and the main character and narrator is dead through much of the story. And so um, the remaining four characters kind of get a voice um, and they it becomes clear that they're seeing sort of a filtered uh, version of their friend Lynn in heaven as you know, happens when we lose people that, that have passed. Um, we remember the good things, right? We hone in on those. We don't remember the things that irked us or the conflicts that we might've had. And so it was really important for me because it was from Lynn's perspective. She feels very flawed and she feels like she's at fault for a lot of the fractures that occur in the friendships. Whereas the girls, many of them feel differently about her. So it's important to kind of keep perspective in mind as well, especially if you have multiple perspectives, not everybody's going to see a character in the same way. So there are a lot of layers that go into, you know, creating a character. Absolutely. Um, I have a question um, for you. Like, what are some things you think about when you're writing dialogue for your character? How do you bring out personality characteristics with um, your character's dialogue or voice? So my book takes place in a small, fictional Kentucky town. And mm -hmm. so my main protagonist has been away from Kentucky, living as what we would call it down here in the South, the big city of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And so her voice is a little bit different than when she goes back to Kentucky. And I was able to use dialogue 
um, specifically using kind of Kentucky slang or, or, you know, I would use, you know, words like ain't and y'all and mm -hmm. sitting and, and that way I could create certain characters that you knew who they were just by reading the dialogue. And that's something that's very important because all of your characters can't speak the same way, mm -hmm. or your reader is not going to be able to differentiate like, well, who's speaking? Cause you don't want to keep saying Penny said, or Bradley mm -hmm. said, you want to make it a, a flow where your reader can absolutely tell who this character is just by through their dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. My second book um, has three POVs in it. And that's something that I was very mindful of when I was writing is I would have them use certain, like possess a different vocabulary from each other, but also um, use some catchphrases. One of my characters uses idioms all the time. So she's constantly saying, you know, it's raining like cats and dogs outside, you know, that kind of thing. Um Whereas the, the other two characters would never say that. So um, just by finding those little, those little things that make your character who they are. And one suggestion I would have is just listen to different people in your life talking and see what their little um, telltale signs are in terms of how they use language and how they communicate with other people. And just kind of note that in a journal. And you could always, you know, pick up on some of those cadences um when you're trying to create a character yeah it's funny that you said that because i have a, a dear friend and every time i call her she doesn't answer hello she'll be hey there or hey you mm -hmm. and yeah. i use that with one of my characters because she was the the softer of penny's friends in atlanta and with my with penny's best friend dakota um i started writing her scene and then i was able to go back on her backstory because Dakota is what we would say down here in the South has a colorful, colorful vocabulary. Yeah. She dropped a, a couple of words that, you know, you know, we would fan ourselves by saying, but it gave me insight on who Dakota really is. And Dakota was the cheerleader in the story, but she was also very blunt and yeah. you know that it can, it can happen organically. Yeah. Um, so another thing I want to talk about character development, I stumbled across this great article. It's going to be in our notes that you can find on our website that you can actually take personality test for your characters. And I thought that was so interesting that if, you know, if you're getting kind of stuck, you know, take this personality test and it might help flesh out a, a character. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing that or I have you? not? That's actually, that's actually a really neat thing to do. I, on the other end of that, um, just as a fun thing for my audience created a, a, like a quiz for readers to find out which character they're most like. And in it, I can, I use, you know, some of their personality. I used um, some of the things that they like, their dislikes, um, their different behaviors. So yeah, so that's neat to hear that. Yeah, you know, I was... the last thing I think we really need to talk about is, um, you know, what the character's goals are, which is the thing that really makes the story arc for the yes. character. The character needs to have goals. I um, there's a book that I have used. This is Wired for Story. It's by Lisa Crone, and she has another one um, called Story Genius, which I also use and highly recommend. Um, and so in it, she really talks about like the brain science between, I mean, behind creating characters and like the psychological aspect of that. 
there's a really good quote um, that she says, everything we do is goal directed. And our biggest goal is figuring out how everyone else's agenda, <laughs> excuse me, the better to, to achieve our own. So she talks about internal and external goals. What do you think about that, Hope? Well, act, you have to have a goal. I mean, you have to know it, you the goal and also that's you know imperative to the character arc. You've got to figure out very early on what it, what is going to be the resolution. Like some books your your character starts out is, you know, the book that I read that I loved was um it it helps. It was more of a workbook and it, it gave you examples of what kind of character arc you were going for. Is there going to be a change? Is there a positive change? Is there going to be a flat uh, arc? Is it going to be a negative? And in this book, each chapter tells you about how and gives you examples, which is great. It gives you a book example and also a movie example. And it, but everything is about the goal. What is the goal? What, why, why is the why of this book? And right. so I found that very, very interesting. Yeah. And that's always the thing that I plot out um, when I'm writing my book is the different yeah. events that are going to happen to my character in order for her to reach her goal. Yeah. Well, of course, you have to have the inciting. Yeah. You, you have to have the, the inciting event. But right. from there, where is your character going? Um, and you can have a negative arc. I mean, that's right. a very popular and uh, perfect negative arc is the Godfather. I mean, you know, he actually started out positive and he ended negative. So you don't yeah. have to have a happy ending to have right. a complex character. And I would say Mar Michael Corleone is probably one of the most complex characters. And yeah. he you know, starts out perfectly a, a nice guy and ends up, you know, the head of the yeah. mafia. Right. <laughs> so, the me. So why don't we wrap this up? Because, you know, you're our teacher here and okay. you always give us our homework. And, and this is really important because this is the, this is the first step of writing a book. Yeah. Yeah. The, the character is central to everything else. If you don't have good characters that people can connect to, they're not going to connect to anything else in the story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. So our homework is to download. We created a create a character dossier. Start by building your character's backstory, then choose which features, traits, experiences will be integral to the arc of the character. Identify the three M's, which are what hope? Well, the three M's are the mindset, obviously. Yep. You gotta know, you gotta know who you're dealing with. Um, yep. the motivation and the mood. So yep. those are some things that can help you um, create your characters. And again, creating a character is such a fascinating experience. I, mm. that's my favorite part is, is, is just creating these, these flawed, um, wonderful, infuriating. You, you know, you do want to, you've got to have those characters in your story to make yeah. it, you know, to really make it pop, to come off that page. I think sometimes the, um, side characters are more fun to create than the actual character. Absolutely. And, you know, mm. I created such big backstories for, for my secondary characters because, Without them, you've got to have someone to help propel, you know, your your main protagonist through the story. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like we could talk about this all day, but we do have to wrap things up. And yes, we do. We've got, 
we've mm-hmm. got a we we did start a new segment uh, mm-hmm. this year. Of, we're interviewing authors and bookstagrammers and other podcasters and and readers. And so, if if you want to be a part of our show, Donna, can you tell them uh, how they can maybe apply? Yeah. So you apply by going to our website, which is www.authorstalkingbookish.com, where you will find a form and all you have to do is fill out the form and we will get back to you via email. Um, Just keep in mind that um, we're only going to do this every third episode and we'll get back to you pretty soon. Um, But we're, we're not, we're not sure how quickly we'll book up. Um, Also, you can watch us on um, YouTube and you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and Google. Well, I am so excited for that new twist in our podcast. And our next podcast is coming out and we're going to talk about marketing strategies. It's There's a lot of ways to market your book and we're going to discuss the roles of Uh, submitting your book for book awards or submitting your book for book festivals and for book signings and how that can really boost your, your, your sales. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to focus on after the launch. What do you do after your launch? Okay. Well, Donna, this was so much fun. And as always, uh, I love spending a little time with you. Yeah, I do too. Thanks everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Hope Gibbs. And I'm Donna Norman Carbone. It's time for you to get to work. We look forward to seeing you in two weeks with another tip from your author friends.